You've scanned the headlines, read the articles, and liked the posts. Now listen to the experts themselves in the Future of Work podcast, presented by allwork.space. Are you ready? Tim, welcome to the Future of Work uh, podcast. Really excited to have you here today um, and uh, really grateful to you for taking the time away from your busy uh, work at Citrix to, uh, to spend some time with us. Well, thanks for having me, Frank. I, I always enjoy the conversation. Uh, well, you know, I, for our guests out there today, I, I want to introduce uh, Tim Minahan. Uh, Tim's the Executive Vice President of Business Strategy at Citrix. Uh, where he has a product proactive role in helping to drive uh, strategic initiatives and really the company's overall business strategy. Uh, in addition, he leads operations for the company's vision of securely delivering the world's most important apps and data that enable people and businesses to work better. And Tim, I've had a, uh, an, a personal experience with, with Citrix, I think, for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the very first, some of the very first go-to systems we were using uh, to work remotely for ourselves, and we are a remote company globally, um, we're all Citrix-based. So I, I have personal experience um, uh, uh, with what you guys do, and uh, you are true leaders in this sector. And what do you see going on uh, in change and... Um, how is it impacting people, not just technology? Because right. when we talk about remote work, everything we talk about has to say, well, the people. Forget the technology. The technology is just a tool that the people have to use. So how is this impacting? Yeah, well, well, Frank, like you said, you know, Citrix has been a, a, a pioneer in remote access and remote collaboration. We've been talking like you about the future of work for quite a while now. The thing is, you know, with the uh, the global pandemic and this kind of unplanned work from home experiment we've all been going through for the past 15, 16 months, uh, the future of work is coming a heck of a lot faster than any of us probably even imagined. And uh, companies now um, are really you know, shining a light on not just digital transformation, but the role of employee experience. And a lot of this dialogue is around where people work, you know, will people go back to the office? Will they be hybrid? Uh, will they be fully remote? But the real smart companies are also thinking about two other aspects of how work is changing. So who does the work, right? If you think, if you can think back pre-pandemic, we were struggling with a, a major talent shortage, a shortage of 95 million medium to high skilled workers, uh, the most acute talent crunch being in areas that are required to modernize and digitize your business, things like cloud and analytics and security. And those are still out there. And so companies are beginning to say, hey, as we roll back, we know this remote work thing can, can work. Let's not just look at hiring talent around one of our work hubs, but let's look at hiring talent where they wanna live, right? So we can reach talent, give them the tools they need to be productive and engaged. But also let's look beyond that and think about not just hiring full-time talent, but also looking at hiring uh, contractors that have that expertise that I need to modernize my, my business. And then the third one, which I think could be a, a good topic for our dialogue today, is the rethinking how people work. Because in a distributed environment, um, you know, there's a real opportunity or a risk of a highly inequitable work environment. You know, when we were all remote, it was easy. We all had the same 
you know, shared same size screen. Right, we right. did our Zoom calls. We all had access to the same information in the same way. But as you rotate some people back to the office and some people remotely working on the same teams, there's a real risk of, of people being isolated or not part of the, not, not being in quote, the room where it happens. And companies really need to think through that both from a technology standpoint and how they're gonna enable a more equitable sharing of information and collaboration, but also policies and cultural norms to say it's okay if someone's in the room, in a conference room and someone's 3,000 miles away, let's foster ways for them to collaborate better. Well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the room where it happens. Uh, so you're already showing some anachronisms there. Um, <laughs> and it's really the place. And the place, I think, as we look forward more and more, is uh, a digital environment as opposed to a physical environment. Um, uh, and how to bring people together. And I was mentioning before, you know, we, we went on the air here, we were talking a little bit. and. I was mentioning going back into the late 80s and early 90s during the uh, Clean Air Act old telecommuting days. Right. One of the biggest problems then is the same problem you're facing now. And it's, um, gosh, if I'm not in the office, nobody sees me and I'm off the fast track. Uh, right. my, my career might be threatened if I'm not in the middle of the action. And so I think one of our challenges is to really change to to your point about the people side of things is to change our definition of what the action is a little yeah. bit uh, it, it is is the is the action who's coolest in the conference room and and takes the leadership role and and something like that or is is the action about who's the most productive or the most creative with their personal time and is able to share it on a global basis now, not just on a local basis, um, with, with teams that can work 24 seven around the clock because of, of, of global uh, structures, as opposed to just nine to five with an hour of commuting on each end in a stinky train. Right. Uh, no. Exactly, exactly. And that's why, you know, um, PwC recently did a uh, uh, did some research and it was just featured in The Wall Street Journal last week. It's why come, and they, it was really around IT buying strategies. What are business leaders and IT folks looking to invest in right now? And topping the list were these you know, digital uh, kind of collaboration tools. And second on the list was uh, kind of a virtual um, uh, secure virtual access to their applications because to your point the only constant is going to be you know that digital kind of workspace that you carry along with you because some days you'll be in the office some days you'll be at home and you need consistent access to your work resources right you can't be at home and not have access to a certain application or certain information so folks need to solve that secondly to your point uh, you need to foster you know more uh, collaborative workspaces that gives everyone equal access to the status of a project or the dependencies in that project and shared OKRs whether you're sitting in a conference room next to that person that you're uh, that's part of your project team or whether you've got another member who's 3000 miles away and that's what companies are really thinking through now and I think you brought up a very astute point they're solving the here and now for their current workforce but if they get this right, it gives them the flexibility and agility to adjust their work models as needed, you know, in the face of the next, uh, unfortunately, you know, inevitable unplanned event. Maybe it's a, a hurricane like we're talking about or, or something else where they need to shift work from, you know, one region to another. 
if they have this connective tissue of this digital workspace that everyone has access to those resources, if they can shift those workloads around the world, they can really drive a higher level of business continuity uh, than they could have traditionally where certain work got done in one work hub and certain work got done in another. No, I, I really think, I think you're right. So much of our officing environment um, uh, is picked up from manufacturing, if <laughs> you will, industrial uh, revolutionary leftovers, if you will. And Thanks, uh, Henry Ford. <laughs> yeah, well, that worked. It worked for a while, and and it, and it still works in many concepts uh, uh, overall. But when when you address the future of work, it, as you said, um, when I think about it, this isn't some like oh, in the future we're going to see this. Well, yeah, it's going to change, of course. But you know, the future is this afternoon. Yes, it it's not like five years from now. Uh, but if we don't address things in and look at the future as a real time structure, as opposed to some mythical time out out a number of years, then companies are going to miss what's going on. So I think the future is now. It is this afternoon. It's not four years from now. And mm -hmm. you have to set your strategic planning. At least this is my view. You're the the professional strategic planner, so you tell me. But it, 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 it's my view that we have to be evolving continuously, not in chunks, because if we do it in chunks, by the time we've achieved that singular evolutionary step, we're already going to be behind. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I fully agree with that. And, you know, in the, in the, you know, the uh, what do they say, the uh, never waste a good crisis, right? Winston Churchill yeah. said that. Yeah. And I think uh, the smarter companies are taking that to heart, right? They know they're not rotating back to the way work was because it, it wasn't it wasn't effective. It wasn't perfect. You had a lot of disengagement at work. You had a lot of challenges like we talked about with talent. And so if they look at, you know, what the, what the, the, you know, the pandemic did when we all went to work from home is it proved both to employers and employees that, you know what, there is another model. Work can indeed happen outside the office. But making that successful, we also recognize that we need different tools, different policies, different cultural norms to foster, uh, you know, and, and uh, a digital work environment that allows employees to be productive and creative and collaborate and still be engaged, even though they're not, you know, sitting in the same building every day, every week. And you flash forward, the third thing is the role of technology has become even more important. We always knew it was important, but I think companies really kind of opened up their minds to the idea that, hey, the one constant norm is going to be the technologies I provide to that employee if they're going to be working across all of these different locations. And, um, and so companies are trying to figure out that combination of the physical workspace you know, what is the office going to look like? Are we going to have the big office in a metropolitan area or much smaller satellite offices closer to where the employees want to live and work? Uh, the digital workspace, you know, what tools are we going to provide? How are we going to foster uh, continuous access and secure access to uh, the work resources an employee needs? What kind of collaborative environments are we going to provide them? And then the culture, if you will, the uh, uh, the policies and the like that make it okay if you're not physically in the office, that you're still part of the team, that you're still working, you're still productive, and you're still engaged. Well, you know, so much of the office environment that we've seen, we're, 
really almost part of branding strategies. Um, um, look at what Apple and Google and different companies have done. Look at you referenced, thank you, Henry Ford. Look at what, what old uh, manufacturing companies have done that have been historically very successful. They built monuments to themselves mm. physically to prove that their brand had stability. And all you have to do is drive around Manhattan or fly around Manhattan's better uh, and see all the buildings with somebody's name on it. Okay. And so that is going to change. Uh, the companies having physical monuments to themselves as a place where they bring everyone in to work. Um, that's done. Uh, that game's done. It's just done. Period. Yeah. It's over. Okay. It's over. Uh, uh, and so a restructuring of, of core brand values of companies has to be part of this to say, really, what's most important in the way we present ourselves to our customers and the way we service those customers. And if you think about it, we did a study back in 79 or 80 when we first started our company, we hired some marketing company to tell us, you know, all the things we needed to know about building business centers or what were executive suites back in, in 79, 80, when we started. And they made a simple statement that has not changed today. It says, oh, uh, people would rather be five minutes from their uh, office and 30 minutes uh, from, excuse me, ha have their office five minutes from their home and 30 minutes from their clients, rather than have their office five minutes from their clients and 30 minutes from their home. Uh, pretty basic stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you think about what we're talking about today, it's the same thing. People want to work where they where they can go and grab a sandwich for lunch. They, they, they don't want to have to commute an hour, hour and a half, particularly on public transportation, which we don't trust anymore. Right. Um, to get to a, a, a job that isolates them from their family life, from, from their whole purpose for working. In, in yeah, and that's that's the big shift we've seen. And you know, unfortunately, in some areas, you know, the hour and hour and a half was the light commute. Um, yeah, but exactly. you know, we just conducted a, a survey um, here at Citrix uh, that were entitled Born Digital. So those those workers born after 1997, the millennials uh, and the Gen Z, um, where we surveyed over, you know, 2000 knowledge workers, you know, in that group and over, you know, a thousand business leaders in 10 different countries. And it certainly has shown that this work group, right, a group of the workforce that constitutes the single largest number of employees who tend to have the skills that you need to modernize your business, don't want to go back to full time work. In fact, nine out of nine out of um, uh, nine out of 10 of those born digital employees don't want to return full time to the office for their work post pandemic and they prefer a hybrid model. Over half, you know, want to remain working from home most or all of the time, and that's in a big disconnect right now between what the leaders we interviewed said, who said, "Hey, we, you know, sixty percent almost believe that the younger workers will want to spend most of all or all of their time working in the office," and that's just one aspect. That's the where aspect, you know, the, the how they work, you know, is di is different too. The number one thing that they prioritize as far as what they look for in a job and an employer is autonomy to work the way that they can work best. Cause not everyone works best sitting in a 
shared collaborative workspace. Some folks need you know, peace of mind. It's funny, on, on the autonomy issue, we give a little speech when we hire anybody. And it doesn't matter who it is. It could be a, a, a front-level receptionist who's, who's going to be sitting at a, at a desk in, in the office uh, greeting people, or it can be a senior executive. And, and we give this little speech that says, okay, here's the deal. Here's, here's what we will fire you for. If you are unable or unwilling to make your own decisions, mm-hmm. right. we will fire you for not making your own decisions. And people go, what? Wait a second. Um, well, who's my boss? Well, it doesn't matter. You have to make your own decisions. And I think your comment about autonomy comes into that. Mm-hmm. People have to get comfortable with making their own decisions. And what we found in this pandemic and this experiment, as you've called it, um, uh, is that people are very good at making their own decisions. And now they don't want to get back into this rote structured model. And it's not just the physical model, it's the management model of saying, you know, for for 18 months or maybe for 24 months, depending, um, you've told me to take care of my, take care of business, man. Take care of it, get it done. And I did. Yeah. So now don't tell me how to cross the T's and dot the I's. So there's a lot of that going on, not just the physicality. And I think, again, it all comes down to not technology and not office space and this and that, but it comes down to how do you employ people in such a way that they have a satisfactory work environment, that they're really saying, I'm doing what I want to do, and yet still have it stream in and contribute to the whole. And just that you can have people be too independent and it never streams in. So there's there's where the, the challenge is. And, and your all the studies that you've done around your born digital, I think mm-hmm. is fascinating, by the way. Could you dig into that a little bit more? Because I don't no one else in the country or no one else in the world has done what you guys have done in that regard. Yeah, certainly. And I think it does break down along those kind of where, who, and how, like where work gets done. Like I just said, nine out of 10, you want that flexibility to, uh, you know, uh, work uh, uh, in a more hybrid environment or or, over half want the predominant place of where they work to be, you know, to be uh, remote. They understand that there's value in coming together, but for a purpose. Right. I have a purpose to collaborate with my teammates around planning or the like, and I want to come together for that. I have a purpose to, um, you know, to meet with clients and partners or I have a purpose candidly just to uh, build those social bonds and come together for that. But I don't necessarily need to punch a virtual clock. So there's that one. The second one is, you know, really around we talked about the who and that's more around workforce strategy. A lot of uh, uh a lot of workers have gone to become freelancers throughout this pandemic, wanting to choose the jobs they take and, and who they take them with more than you know having a certain badge at a certain company. And then the last, the how they work. We talked about aut- autonomy and what they prioritize. That, that surprised me that that came to the top of the list above compensation, above strong invisible leadership. But I think the last part is um, <clears throat> on how they work is, and I recognize this, this myself, I might look younger, 
than I am, but I have a lot younger <laughs> workers uh, you know, working on my team and the way they communicate, right? They're communicating in instant message apps like Slack and WhatsApp and, and, and they bring that into the workplace. Uh, yet our research found that, you know, while over 80% of this born digital group of workers, the single largest group of the workforce is communicating and prefers to communicate this way, share things in, in short bursts uh, with certain teams or groups, only 26% of business leaders like using these apps for work. Uh, and so there's that disconnect. You've got to meet them where they are, not just in where they want to work or um, you know, who, who does the work and what capacity, but also how they want to work and what, what allows them to be productive and creative and innovative and bring value to the company. Well, you know, you, you referenced earlier uh, contractors uh, and being able to get the best people for the job. And so all of a sudden, now we're dealing with time and distance. <clears throat> and if half of your team if your team is, is scattered all over, um, I know my morning this morning started uh, in the Middle East, uh, and now I'm working my my way with the sun mm -hmm. <laughs> towards the west. Uh, and so I started in a time zone that was 11 hours different than my current time zone, and I will end up this afternoon maybe in Sydney, which is tomorrow. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, so. A lot four, of people. Four different clients, though, I would imagine, too, right? Different clients, di different, yeah. different projects, different projects. Different projects entirely, yeah. The, the point is, more and more companies are working like that with their distributed workforces. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, the tools that you use to create a singular culture for not just a, a successful product, project, but you, creating a singular culture is critically important when you're crossing time zones, when you're crossing uh, national cultures, when you're crossing multiple economies, uh, mm -hmm. multiple political environments, et cetera. As you move around to these various contract structures, that's, that, that's a critical thing. And I know we've always been a global company and by having people in different parts, we're operating in 54 countries, and by having people in different parts of the world, there's a lot of discussion today about diversity um, for yeah. all variety of types of diversity, but we've always believed, and I think this plays to your contractor issue too, that our differences that we learned from each other by having offices in different places mm -hmm. as opposed to centralized, made us much stronger and much more agile as a as a company. Yep. And so how do you see that playing with today's world uh, overall? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I'll answer it in in, in, uh, in two different angles. First on the on the diversity and inclusion part. We have certain customers uh, teleperformance a big BPO provider. There's another uh, high-tech um, manufacturer that are saying, "Hey, this this remote work experiment we went through has proven that work can be done outside of the office. We can use the same technologies and the same policies and approaches now to reach new talent, not just outside of commuting distance uh, from our from our office, but reach new talent and skills that are much more diverse. And so they're reaching into 
uh, building staffing and hiring folks in, in inner cities like Detroit, you know, for example, to to bring that diversity and inclusion into their strategies. So that's that's one aspect that we've kind of liberated that opportunity. Whereas before, you know, maybe you didn't have as as diverse a pool in the city where or location where you had your work hub. And now that doesn't matter. Now, on the other side, to your point around freelancers and contractors, uh, as I said, a, a large uh, tranche, almost uh, almost uh, I'm going to get my numbers right, somewhere between you know two and two and a half million U.S. workers alone uh, transitioned to become freelance workers you know, during the pandemic. Right. Just adding to the to the roles and um, what companies have realized is a lot of these same technologies and approaches they've used for remote work allows them to tap into those skill sets even on a temporary basis. And so, you know, with Citrix, that means they come to us to use our digital workspace technologies or our virtual desktop technologies to onboard these folks, to give them access to the work resources on a temporary basis or on a project basis without necessarily giving them a laptop or full access to their networks and the like. And I'll, I'll close out with this. We have a close partner you may have heard of Upwork, right? This is a, sure. a marketplace for freelance workers. And they came to us a few years ago and said, hey, we, you know, we're the leader. People come to us because we have all these skilled workers. But there's this last mile after we connect a client with talent. They're like, oh, no. Now I've, what do I do? I've got to give them access to my systems. I've got to give them access to a laptop. And instead, they're like, hey, why don't we just use this digital workspace to only give them access to the components of you know, certain apps, certain information, certain collaborative spaces, and then we can turn that off just as easily. So we don't need to buy them a new laptop or ship them a device. You know, we could do this remotely, and so it allows much more agility and flexibility in your staffing models. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, my wife's law firm uh, uses your uh, virtual desktop model, and the good news is uh, it's very effective. The bad news is she works everywhere. Uh, That's true. <laughs> you know, have a problem with it, but but I I, I think that is critically important. Uh, and using uh, Upwork as a as a good example, a company that most of us should be familiar with, if we're not. So if you're not, figure it out. Um, but um, that whole model of new independent contractors, uh, uh, freelancers that are coming along, combined with the fact that. Most major companies, Citrix included, are hiring contractors permanently. Those contractors, from we've seen what we've seen in our business, uh, doing working with legal services companies, are all now forming professional uh, entities. Right. You didn't just hire Frank; you hired Frank LLC. <laughs> okay, uh, and so there's a whole movement there to professionalize. The contracting model into mm -hmm. micro businesses that uh, have a higher sense of responsibility and, and all of that. So it, it, it's going to be interesting to watch what's going on. You guys are looking forward not just to the next six months or twelve months. It's not like how do I restart my hybrid. Thing. You guys are going way forward in that. What do you see in ten years? What do you see yeah. in? Your twenty, your twenty thirty five project. Exactly, we have a project, uh, work twenty thirty five, where we partnered with uh, certain researchers, academia, you know, some governmental entities, and even some clients to say, hey, you know, uh, what is work going to look like 
you know, in, in 15 years. Now, we, we did this through the course of 2019, not expecting 2020 would turn out as it is. Um, but um, we wanted to look out on the horizon and, and say, what are the right, you know, the skills, the organizational design, the technologies, the policies we need to put in place to, to be competitive in that environment? And there were a number of different things, some of which we're already seeing, right? This emergence of, I would call it somewhat of a the virtual enterprise in which employees are getting much more creative in their staffing models and blending full-time employees with contractors to be able to you know, always tap into the best skills on demand and be able to turn those down uh, when they're not needed anymore, much more agility in their, in their operating models. But the other interesting thing, you know, certainly is uh, around the role of technology and, and specifically this idea of the augmented worker, which we're already seeing. So a lot of these things are going to be very, very prevalent in the future, but they're beginning to show up today, right? Sitting AI or machine learning next to a call center agent or, um, you know, a bank loan officer and being able to elevate their skill set, being able to, you know, take care of the, uh, you know, the, the tactical menial tasks so that they can be uh, more focused on, on the client needs and provide a better service. And so I think we're going to see this massive elevation of, uh, of skill set. And I'll give, you know, I'll give an example of one of our own customers that's using that City National Bank out of Florida. And they're using our workspace and they've built um, these uh, cross-application workflows uh, using our tools called, we call them micro apps that reached into their CRM system, their loan system and the like. And they did it just before the pandemic, but it allowed them to go fully remote and process years worth of loans in the first six months of the pandemic by guiding those loan officers to the next logical step and not only allowing them to be more efficient, but literally every, elevating the skill set of every loan officer to perform like their best loan officer. And this type of augmented worker, I think, is one of the more intriguing things uh, that that seems to be on the on the forefront of how people are viewing this future of work. Well, yeah, you, what you're really talking about is a mental cyborg uh, <laughs> in, in, in many respects, where you are augmenting the worker with a, a lot of additional layers of intelligence. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, on the other hand, what we're seeing is small businesses in particular have a hard time connecting all these dots. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have the resources overall. And so while we're in the virtual office business, that this is our core business, remote working and virtual officing, um, we are actually in the uh, position now of creating a virtual office manager. Uh, someone who is able to take the SME client and connect all those dots together for right. them. And the augmentation is a human resource as opposed to who understands all the ties to these, this technology as opposed to purely a technology resource. So much of business is done by small companies, not just by large companies. The majority Absolutely. of companies. And I think that's an excellent example. People you, know, you use the word cyborg, like people are afraid that, you know, AI and the bots are going to take their jobs. And, and there may be a certain category of jobs that you know can be automated. But for the most part, it's creating new jobs. You have a new role you just created to be able to connect those dots. Right. You have people that need to you know build those algorithms into, you know, into the uh, machine learning or AI engines. 
You have you know people that need to uh, you know provide security around that or other things. So there's going to be you know data scientists, right? There's going to be a, a whole emergence of entirely new roles to knit this together. Certainly for the small businesses, but literally for every organization. No, I I, I really believe you're right. Um, we're running out of time here. Uh, uh, give us one parting shot. Something amazing. You know, I put you on the spot with that. I'm sorry. But, you know, get, what's the one thing that you think is going to have the most impact on the future of work in the next five years? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think it is the combination of the things that, 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 that we talked about. Uh, the, the, the big thing, the big meta thing is that the social contract between employer and employee has been kind of inverted. Uh, where employees now feel empowered to work where they want, how they want, you know, with whom they want. And, uh, you know, the smart employee employers, you know, need to be thinking about this, you know, born digital generation who's today the single biggest uh, portion of the workforce that has the modern skills that you need that is going to be your leaders of tomorrow. You need to be building to make sure that you're attracting them by, uh, you know, having uh, you know, th this flexible work models, the right you know, collaborative tools and technologies to allow them to be successful, the right purpose uh, for them for them wanting to work there, um, and uh, ensure that you're uh, you know, retaining them uh, by you know, creating a, a highly collaborative um, you know, work environment and you're, you're you know, making sure that they're engaged uh, no matter where they're working. So, removing that caste system of whether you're in an office worker or a remote worker, uh, all of us are, are workers driving towards a common purpose. And so I, I, I think that's the big shift we've seen that that employer employee contract is, is changing and the smart employers are getting on board and making sure that they're becoming the uh, preferred place to work uh, in this new war for talent. No, I, I, I think that that, that's right. And and what it is, it shifts the dialogue. So much of the future of work has been talking about offices, mm -hmm. places, desks, trains, commuting, technology. And it's really the future work is about the people. Yeah. It's about how do we want to work and how can we choose to be the most productive, uh, find joy in all of that, because that's what's going to bring us to the next level uh, and i'm not going to go old hippie on you but <laughs> um but but it really is coming down to that i think people are recognizing that more and more the future of work is not about remote it's not about hybrid it's not those things are all just tools the future work is the people and the way we choose to lead our lives and work and be with our families fully uh, fully agree so uh, let's leave it on that. And Tim, I want to thank you so much. You've been very gracious with your time. Uh, thank you. And, uh, and really uh, grateful to you and to Citrix, who's a fabulous company and one that, again, I have wonderful experiences with um, for uh, uh, dedicating your time to our audience. And uh, we're very grateful to you for that. Appreciate it. Appreciate the dialogue. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. If it's impacting the future of work, it's in the Future of Work podcast by allwork.space. Are you ready?